It's really awesome to be here with you tonight. And, you know, there are some new people in the room, so we really welcome you. We hope you're really enjoying being with us. We really want to get to know you. So if you haven't had a chance to meet anybody, please come and say hello at the end. Um, You know what, Blaine just segued so beautifully in. I thought, if you're going to keep going with that, Blaine, I'll just take those cards and we will read through them. Because I titled tonight's message, Hit the Refresh Button. Yeah, I really like that idea because life gets really fast. And the thing I've discovered that the more grey hairs you get on your head, the faster life goes. And... Like Blaine's saying, you know, Christmas and New Year is that season where for some people it's amazing and it's kind of like this wonderful cap off the end of a great year and yet for other people it can be the worst time. And if it's been a really hard year, you can't wait to shut the door on what's been. So either way, it's really good for us to take that moment to stop Take a breath and refresh. And so that's what we're going to do tonight. And this Christmas was really special because uh, both of my sons are old enough now that they go out and do some Christmas shopping and I don't even have to give them money to do it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And um, I unwrapped this gift and it's a 2019 Lorna Jane journal, diary, and when I opened it up, what's, you know, there's a beautiful picture of Lorna Jane, what's not to love about that, there she is in all her gorgeousness, and that's so inspiring, you do you, yeah, Yeah, profound, (laughs) but what's really awesome is, there's just this space to look at what are my thoughts about 2019, what are my goals, and I thought, you know, I just want to actually take time and honour the gift and the thought behind the gift, and it was, it was wonderful, and it's even got move goals, and look at that, there's writing on there. <laughs> I'm being accountable, and <laughs> you can ask me later how I'm going. There's nourish goals, so I'm supposed to be eating a bit more vegetarian. There's even believe goals. So, you know, I've done that and I've actually found I love technology and I've really um, embraced technology, but in taking this, I've realised I've actually missed a diary where I write what I'm going to do and tick it off. I'm just going to let you in on a secret. I've even actually written stuff down to tick it off. That wasn't already on there. I did that. I'm writing it down. I'm ticking it off. There's just this profound sense of, look what I've done when you do that. So, um, And it just really is what I want to talk about tonight because I think it's really important for us to set some goals and to think about where we're going and not just let life take us along. And I wonder how many of you have set goals for this year? Awesome. 
Who's done a New Year resolution? Oh, a few more hands. They're kind of like the things that you go, you know what, you know, I'm not happy with that. I'm going to do something different. And that's all good. But I think setting goals is a whole other deal, isn't it? It's a bit bigger than that. It's not going, oh, I'm really, you know, I put on too much weight or I should get more fit. (laughs) All the negatives. It's much more about, you know, where am I going and, and what, what do I hope I feel at the end? And what I've learnt is we're much more likely to hit something if we're aiming for it than we're just going, oh, I'm just going along. Okay? And another secret I'll let you in on, this year is a milestone year for myself. I turned the big 5 Yeah. It's, it's frightening. You just go, what? Wait. No, but that can't be me because that's old. You really do. It's like, no, that's not me. But I remember my 30th birthday and milestone birthdays are that moment in your life, aren't they, where you just stop. It's your 18th, your 21st. You, you just sort of stop and think a bit. And I remember my 30th because I had this realisation that I was stuck in strive mode. So you go through high school and you got college. And you go through college and I knew all along, my whole life, I wanted to be a teacher. So I was going for the HRC back then, HSC. Now it's your ATAR. And... I wanted to hit, you know, to make sure I could get the best score so that I would get into uni. Then you're in uni and you're going for the best mark. You want the HD. You want the, you know, distinction credit. You want, you, and then there's honours program. You're trying to go for that and then you're trying to get a job. Yep. And I got married quite young. And uh, so then we, we were working to get... Uh, Permanency, so the security, a job, um, we were working towards getting a house. So that there was always something. I, I stumbled into master's program, don't even ask me how that happened. So I'm striving for that and then there was a baby on the way and then, you know, and I hit 30 and I thought, I just, I just have spent all of this time with my eyes on the next horizon and I haven't stopped and my life is passing me by and I haven't appreciated what has been and I thought from now on I am going to appreciate the journey because it's not about arriving at that goal there is always another horizon but you know I'm so glad I took that moment it was it was pivotal for me. And so what I'm asking us to enter into tonight is the cycle. And what I want us to think about is there's a cycle where you take time and you schedule time and you make a routine out of it and you review. And then you recalibrate. And then you redirect and then you recommence. And God 
has created a rhythm and a routine around the seasons. Yeah? And so we come around the seasons again and again, and it's so healthy for us to have that cycle in our life. So it's a new year. That's an opportunity for us to enter in and go, you know what, I'm going to, each new year, I'm going to stop and go, what was 2018 for me? And I'm wondering if you've got that rhythm in your life. And here at Door of Hope, when you're on staff, we have staff reviews. We get those six monthly. Goals, you get to look at how did I go with my goals? And you look at, you know, did we make that goal? Or have we got a bit to go? Is it still relevant? And we recalibrate. And then we redirect. And then we recommence. It's a really good cycle. And Steve... Pastor Steve, our senior minister, he's such a champion of personal retreats. And he really encourages us to take time out. And so because of that, I've set that there's a routine time annually I take a personal retreat. And I get to look back at what's happened the year in between. And it's profound. And so what I'm calling us to do right now is to take a moment, in fact, to take five, and we're going to play some music, and I want you to consider these questions. How was 2018 for you? What happened? And what was God doing? And if you're new here and you're not sure about faith, Just think about, even in the hard times, what are you grateful for? Because that's where I see God. In the hard times, what am I grateful for? As well as what has he blessed me with? So let's take five, and I want you to think about 2018. What happened? And where do you see God? It's good, isn't it? to take a moment and just think through. And what I realise is how good God is even in the hard times and especially through the hard times how much I've gained in coming close to him and in growing in my faith. And I love Psalm 8 and I'd love for us to just have a look at that and remind ourselves that no matter what happens in your life, the good things and the really tough things, God is amazing. So Psalm 8. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praises of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avengers. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. And in my 
most challenging moments, boy, that sits with me. I think, this is the God of the universe. And yet I can come before him with my troubles and he listens. And what's more, he answers and he cares. It's profound to me when you consider that. You have made them a little lower than the angels. That's you and I, a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honour. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds of the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight putting 2018 behind us with all its challenges, disappointments, hardships, blessings, celebrations, amazing accomplishments, all of it. We put it behind us and we want to stop, Lord, and recognise you were in every one of those moments of our lives and you care deeply about us. And we want to enter into 2019 aware of you, your presence, your love, and we want to set our direction according to your will. Would you bless this time that we have together? Would you speak truth to each of us individually? I don't know each person's story, but you do, Father. You know exactly what we need today, tomorrow, and into the rest of 2019 and the rest of every day of our lives. You know. Teach us how to walk in your path in your way, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so we come to the next section. We've done a little review and we're going to recalibrate. And I looked up the dictionary for a definition of calibrate and I think we have it up there. And I love the fact that what it's really showing is it's external, it's a standard outside of the instrument. So the instrument being you and me, our lives. It's very important that we don't self-direct because we have to calibrate against a standard that's not our own. It's too easy for us to get influenced by our emotions, by what's going on, by the people around us. And so I want you to think about what guides your decision making. And the time that we really need that external thing is when we're stressed, when we're in a crisis, when we're pressed, 
when we're angry, frustrated, we need an external factor to help us. And that's how we correlate our life by putting against God's standard. And for me, I've got a routine of daily hope, 20 minutes in the chair, picking up my Bible and reading. And you know, today, my daily hope was very cool because the random sort of verse of the day on you version is, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I'm like, I can do this tonight. Woo! I've got this. Um, But then he's also given me some verses for later in my message. It was just such a confirmation that, you know, I can do this. You know, it's, it's hard standing up here. This isn't my regular gig. Normally it's like five, six, seven-year-olds. <laughs> Mind you, sometimes, you know, they're way more honest. Like I love, we've got this guy, a little guy called Harry, and he goes, this is boring. <laughs> like you're way more polite. You might just be going like, oh, when's she going to finish? But you don't vocalise like he does. Anyway, I digress. Um, and then the, the messages that he gave me, the verses he gave me, just confirm what I'm talking about. And it's, it's so cool that I do that and I wouldn't miss it. So daily hope, if, if you haven't got that routine in your life, it's a way that you recalibrate every day, every day. Connect groups, they're a great way to recalibrate your life because they're people who are going to know a little bit more about you being accountable. In um, Proverbs, verse three, uh, Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Not on your own understanding. (laughs) In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. I love that. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Lean not on your own understanding. Like that spins me out. Seriously. That's disorientating, isn't it? Like we... We, how do you do life if you don't lean on your own understanding? But actually, it doesn't say don't use your own understanding, does it? You've got to do that. It says lean not on it. And here's an example for me. I always wanted to be an educator, a teacher. I was an early childhood teacher and then a leader in schools. That was That was it. That was my vision for life. Until Pastor Steve came and asked me to do the gig here. And on my own understanding, that's a drop in salary. That's a massive drop in status. I was one step out of being a principal. I had a reputation that was, you know, building in the department. Um, That was weekends gone summer holidays, gone. We bought a caravan, I've got two boys, we, w- we were doing the caravan thing. My own understanding says, this is a bad decision. 
there were lots of reasons not to do it. But leaning on God's understanding was, is this what God is calling me to do? And that was the only thing I needed to answer. And I remember talking to my husband about it and saying, I know all the reasons that this isn't a good idea. The only thing we need to understand is, is God asking me to do it? Because then I have a decision that says, will I obey or will I go my own way? And I made that decision that I know God says his plan is to prosper and not to harm. I know that God knows me intimately and he won't call me to do something I'm not equipped to do. And so I made that decision leaning not on my own understanding. And it turned out good. This is year... (laughs) Thank you. Going into my third term of three years. Best decision ever. Hardest decision ever. Seriously. So, for me, that's what it means... My standards can get skewed. New Year's Eve, we went down to Hobart. My cousin has a little boat. I've got a picture of it. It's nice, isn't it? 64 foot. Very nice. Um, We went out sailing. I've got a picture. There it is. Actually, that's not us on the boat. That was the boat picture that they... See boat sails in the corner? That was the one that they've just bought this boat. Anyway, we went out sailing and uh, look who was steering. That's my cousin's four-year-old, five-year-old. He's just turned five. Now... The cool thing about that is you would never give a child the steering wheel of a car, would you? But you can do a yacht because standing right next to him, of course, is his dad who can just help him with that steering because, you know, he's getting a little bit off track. And I have to say, Andrew stepped away for a little bit. That's my cousin. And this little guy, he's going like, you know, I'm thinking we're a bit off track. I'll just help you. Yeah, I was worse than the five-year-old because I way overcorrected. <laughs> My cousin's halfway down the boat and he's like, oh, I better go and help. <laughs> Dorothy's helping. Not good. But the thing for me with the yacht is he was able to steer that yacht because he had someone next to him who was helping him and you use landmarks. There are things... I don't know the technical terms. If there's any sailors in the room, feel free to enlighten us. But there are like lights that you you go on this side of the lights, not that side of the lights. And he had this whole, you know, very technical piece of equipment that was helping us with direction. So you need those external things, don't you? Like imagine if you were out in the middle of the Bass Strait just going, oh, I think it's that way. Let's go there. You've got to use your our external um, instruments to help you work out if you're on track. Why? Because you could just even be degrees off. 
And over a journey, over a lifetime, you wake up when you're 50 and going, how did I get here? You know, there are people who celebrate that 50-year marker and they're not happy and there are decisions that they've made in their life that they didn't know were taking them way off track. So, you know, the younger people in the room, you got way time ahead of you, but set your standards outside of your own personal feelings and make sure that you keep recalibrating, okay? Because, you know, redirection is really important and that's the next step. We recalibrate, we check our understanding against God's word and, you know, set that routine of daily hope. And journaling, this is so good because I can go back and see how God has answered stuff and what he's been saying. Self-leadership is the most challenging leadership you will ever have. There are some amazing people in the Bible, David, Moses, Noah, just to mention a few. If you don't know them, I... Just Google. (laughs) But see, you know, each one of those, how did they go with self-leadership? How did David go? (coughs) Not so good with lust, was he? Got himself in a world of trouble. How good was Moses in his anger? Not so good. Noah had a little drink problem. I won't tell you mine because I'm not going to ask yours. But here's what I know. We all have trouble with self-leadership. And um, I got this amazing book called um, The Chimp Paradox, Mind Management. I want to show you a quick clip, and then I'll explain. Hoping we've got it. Okay, so the chimp paradox basically says, and I'll I'll explain what that bit's about. Hang with me. I know, I'm a bit quirky, but you know. Um, Professor Steve Peters is this really bright guy, and for my friends who I've met tonight from the UK, he was the the, um, psychologist responsible for the British... Um, cycling team, Victoria Pendlebury, when they took home all the gold and and beat our cycling team. But we won't talk about that bit. Um, And what he's done is he's explained how our brain works. And he said, you know, how hard it is for us to kind of control ourselves. That's because there's two of you in there. Yeah, I know, it's scary, isn't it? There's a chimp... And then there's a you. And the chimp is your old brain. It's the emotional, um, it's the amygdala, and it's the emotion centre. Okay? 
And he says, you wouldn't let a chimp drive your car. Right? You wouldn't let a chimp drive your car, would you? Why would you let your emotions drive your actions? Yep. And what he talks about is we've got to learn how to box the chimp. Not like box, but like box the chimp. And he talks about doing that by having like the tablet, like the stone tablet, the Ten Commandment type things, um, standards outside of your own that you choose to direct your actions. And I love that somebody said, and I can't remember who it was, emotions are information, not directions to follow. Emotions are information, not directions to follow. And we all struggle with that. I'm going to be really confident in saying that I'm not alone with that. We all struggle with that. And one of the best ways that you can help box your chimp is have your external standards and have mentors. Mentors are really important. Someone to call you out if they see the chimp is in the driver's seat. There are not many people in our lives who will tell us what they see and we don't see in ourselves. And in a loving, authentic community, we ought to be able to do that to have people in our lives that we trust enough that they can love us enough to say, hey, I think the chimp is driving. Okay? And um, I want us to look at, there are so many verses and, and some of them I got today out of my Daily Hope reading in Proverbs where it talks a lot about wisdom that talk about mentors. And so in Proverbs 27, verse 17, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Proverbs 13, verse 20, Walk with the wise and discern wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs 1, verse 5, Let the wise learn and add to listen sorry and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance this is really biblical who do you have in your life who will help redirect you i'm really fortunate that i am fortunate and i've actually intentionally put people in my life. I have Sandy Hart, Grace Fleming. Probably about two years ago, I said, can we just gather? And so we call it triangle. Triangles are really strong. And we call it triangle and we meet monthly and it's about, I'm open and honest with them about how things are in my personal life, what's happening in my ministry, and they do the same and we pray for each other. We're seen. 
and that's a really safe place for me. It's so good, it's so healthy. And then I have a friend who's a leader, who I really trust, who we meet and we just talk leadership stuff and we love it and it's great. And then there is an, another lady, her name is Lynn Mason, who was the chair of the TAS Community Fund. She now heads up the local government, um, sort of when you get sent to the naughty chair, she's the person you go and see. I'm not quite sure what they're called, but she's a very wise lady and, and I just kind of soak up her personality and, and learn from her. And I think that's really healthy. And I, I'm so enriched by that. And then there are people that I meet that I mentor. And that's such a privilege as well. So who do you have in your life? And if you can't think of anyone, I want you to start looking. And it's not easy. You know, I had to go to Lynn and say, I met her through an Emerging Community Leaders program. She spoke there and I went up awkwardly afterwards and they went, I'd really like to catch up with you for a coffee. And she said, sure. And we did that. And we both enjoyed it. And I said, I'd really love you to mentor me. And she's agreed. And so now we meet monthly. And it's kind of a bit orkies. You think, oh, maybe she won't like me. <laughs> or I want to hang out with me. But you kind of get over that and off you go. So... I'm not going to say that it's just easy. For some people, that's really tough because, you know, it's, it means you've got to be a bit vulnerable. But it's absolutely worth it. So I really want you to look at that. And one of the best examples is Paul and Timothy in the Bible. This beautiful relationship. In 1 Timothy, we find Paul and uh, he's writing to Timothy who he's challenged to go out and lead this community. Now, he met Timothy when Timothy was 16 years old and he converted him to Christianity and baptised him. And when he was 21, we think, he went on mission trip with Paul. So that relationship has been a long-term one. And best guess is Timothy's about 40 when he receives this call to go out and do ministry. And so Paul says in 1 Timothy 1, verses 18 to 19, Timothy, my son, I give you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well, holding on to faith and a good conscience which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to their faith. So first of all, notice he talks about prophecies. And what he's saying is, I want you to remember God's plan and his purpose for you. Make that a platform and a foundation. That's your review. How am I going with what God's called me? Am I sticking with what was said, what was foretold about me? Faith and good conscience, there's your recalibration. When you recalibrate, make sure that you are in keeping with faith and your good conscience. And so when we go through that recalibration and we get into redirection and we've got some mentors, like the Paul-Timothy relationship, then we're ready to recommence, to set back out. 
And in 1 Timothy 4, verses 12 to 16, what we see is Paul saying, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching. And so he's saying, set an example. That's what each of us are to do. Because we're all on a journey and there's always going to be someone before you. And guess what? There's always someone behind you. Set an example. And there's no age limit on that. Use your gifting is the other thing I take out of that. Be diligent. Give yourself. And make progress. Make it visible to others. So do you know that God has a unique plan and purpose for your life? Are you walking in that? That's part of the recommence. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. This is my life verse. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Who are you bringing with you in 2019? You know, it's a privilege to mentor other people. Because nothing matters more to God Nothing. He gave his only son for you and me and whoever's not here. Who are you bringing with you in 2019? Because in Matthew 6 verse 20, it tells us, but store up for yourself treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And what does God treasure most? People. Who are you storing up? Who's going to be there in God's kingdom because of you? Because you set an example. Because you showed up in their life. Because you became the Paul. We each need to be a Timothy with a Paul and to be a Paul to a Timothy. And so I'm closing and I want us to remember you want to review, you want to recalibrate, you want to redirect and recommence. And it's a cycle. You recommence and after a while you review. Because I'm really excited to think, what would 2019 look like if every single person in this room says, God, what would you have me do this year? Here I am, God. Here's my heart. Take it. So I would love to challenge you to say, when you take that moment to really go through this, ask God, I challenge you, 
What would you have from me this year, God? Who do you want me to bring with me, God? Use me, God. Here I am. Make my 2019 build in your kingdom. Can you imagine if we all do that, what God is going to do here at Door of Hope? I'm so pumped for that. So join with me. Let's give this to God and see what he will do. Heavenly Father, you are so good to us and you're so mindful of us. And for each one, this is a hope story. This is your story. And you weave us together so beautifully. If we surrender into you, if we submit into your plan and we say, Lord, be Lord of my 2019. Make every day count for your kingdom because we want to store up treasure in your kingdom. Who can I bring with me? Bless me, Lord, to be a blessing to others. We come before you, Lord, offering all that we have, all that you want us to be, and say, make 2019 yours, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.